The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace, who's done several books. Her most recent one is called The Gratitude Came, and she did a book before that called The ABCs of Money, and she's got a newsletter, all kinds of interesting things. Welcome to the show, Natalie. Hi, Jordan. How are you? Great to be with you. So let's start a little bit with your new book uh, called The Gratitude Game. Uh, Why did you do that, and and what's the, the purpose of that book? So over the past 14 years while I've been doing this business, what I um, learned was that people would read a book or they'd come to a retreat and then they would go home and they wouldn't do it. So the 21-day gratitude game is a 21-day coaching call series originally that I had developed over the past 14 years and we turned that into a book. So it's a chapter a day and it's designed to take you out of debt consciousness, which is where most Americans are. And into wealth consciousness by adopting the rules of the wealthy in your everyday life. So that becomes the way life is. It becomes your daily habit. And that's when lasting change can happen. So you talk about the origin of money is gratitude. What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is that, you know, we are really grateful for flicking a switch and turning on a light. We're really grateful when someone makes a great car. It's really hard to feel grateful when we feel buried alive in bills. So the real problem here and the disconnect with our relationship with money, which a lot of people, one third of Americans are being pursued by debt collectors. I mean, we had, you know, 12 million people that were in trouble with their homes. So we know that uh, a lot of Americans are experiencing angst, fear, loathing, uh, they feel buried alive in bills. The reason that they feel that way isn't because the origin of money is greed. It is because our budgets are out of balance. Our, our nest eggs feel vulnerable. So once you gain control over your money, once you feel that you have a, a budget that you can actually sustain, and once you feel also that your nest egg is protected, then you can go back to that feeling of being grateful for the things that our money can buy. Let's just briefly go through some of the steps uh, to have the gratitude of money as you're talking about. And the first step you say is love. Now, what do you mean by that as it relates to money? Well, what I've discovered is that the more you become a person in control and empowered of your own life, the more that you can earn, the more you can save, the better you can invest. So what a lot of people are doing is that they go out there. and What we don't realize is that we're kind of thrown out into college. And before we know it, we've got a degree and we've got a debt that's higher than we can even imagine paying off. Then we go out, we get a job. It's paying the same wages that I earned you know, 20 years ago. But all of the expenses have quadrupled. So in order for us to start this process of getting back to gratitude, getting back into control of our things, I give you a mantra a day that changes your mindset. <coughs> And I give you an action a day that changes your skill set. So it may sound, oh, very fuzzy to think more about love. But as we gain control, as we can love everything more, we can also start implementing 
the um, sound fiscal habits that lead to lasting wealth as well. So don't let these the chapters and the mantras fool you. There are real-world money solutions in here. But we also have to attack the mind game because you can have the best skill set in the world and you will never, ever win if your mind game is sabotaging you. So what you're saying is if you're piled under in debt and your bills are much more than your expenses, you kind of hate things and you're in a negative frame of yes. mind. Whereas yes. if you're more loving, you can be in a more positive frame of mind and that can help break through the kind of finances of the problem. In everything that you do. I mean, just imagine even going to the grocery store or going to any retail store. You can tell if those people there, I mean, honestly, if you just take a gauge of how the employees look and feel and react to you, you can almost take a gauge of how the store is doing economically. Um, you know, like if you look at some of the cable companies right now that are really struggling because the millennials don't even want to connect to cable, when they're getting ranked zero or ones on Yelp. And this translates. So it can translate both in how you evaluate companies, but also in how you show up in life. If you're showing up defeated, guess what? You're going to get kicked every time. If you show up and you're ready to shine and you're putting your heart into your work and you're loving the people around you instead of thinking negative thoughts about everybody and how everybody is ruining your life and it's everybody else that's, that's putting you down, it's, it, it, the world we live in is challenging. It's more challenging today than it ever has been. It requires new solutions and new strategies. The ABCs of money is the toolkit of all of the way to, to rethink it. And the gratitude game is the implementation strategy, a chapter a day to implement those strategies from the ABCs of money, and it will transform your life. And the next thing you say beyond love is to breathe. Now, that sounds like a good idea, but what's unusual about breathing? <laughs> well, a lot of us are going through and we're doing very shallow breathing. What you can realize is that if you actually just take a big, deep, long breath, all of a sudden you get really lightheaded. But breathing deeply is essential to even greater health. It's also essential to being, being able to think more clearly. Like when, when I do my retreats as an example – I tell people, go and exercise at least one hour before you come in here and try to learn something new. If you are not oxygenating your brain cells, you are really, you know, you're sabotaging your own ability to learn something new. So by breathing deeply and just oxygenating things, that, that's part of our, our body's chemistry. You know, get the chemistry working for you. Um, you know, right now, too many people are fueled by stomach acid, shallow breathing, um, fear and loathing, and you really need to shift that into the champion. You know, it, look, you wouldn't expect an Olympic champion out there not to understand breathing, not to understand power, not to understand positive thinking. Now, you, these things are not enough by themselves. You have to have actually practice. You know, if you want to be the best gymnast in the world, you better have practiced gymnastics. But if you don't understand positive thinking, championship mentality, and how to breathe deeply, you're not going to get the job done. The next thing you talk about is gratitude, including the fire ritual. Tell me a little bit about the fire ritual. So, again, a lot of the gratitude game, part of it is the skill set and the action plan. The other part of it is the mind game. So if we're stuck in these old patterns, if we're stuck in fear, loathing, stomach acid, we really need the solutions. And in order to get to the solutions, we have to get past the thinking about the problems like wallowing in the problems. Like think of it this way. You're in a mud puddle. If you sit in the mud puddle and you just like trace around your finger in the mud around you, kind of looking at how much mud you're in and never step out of the mud puddle, 
you really aren't helping yourself. You're doing yourself a disservice. So the fire ritual helps you to say, hey, I'm in this mud puddle. Here are my problems. And I list every one of them. And then rather than just focusing on the problems, which is what most of us do, or thinking about the worst case scenario to our problems, which is what a lot of us do as well, you are challenged in the fire ritual to think of the solution. And once you think of the solution, you actually tear off the problem and burn it. And then you keep the solutions with you so that you are reminded every time you think of the problem to actually start implementing the solution. So what is the actual fire ritual? You're burning something? What are you burning in the fire ritual? You're burning your problems and you're keeping your solutions. And you've written out your problems. Is that what it is? And you burn that piece of paper? Yep, you have actually written out your problems, and then most of them are going to be money-related because we're talking about money, you know, transformation of our relationship with money into wealth consciousness, out of debt consciousness is where most Americans are. But So you list your problems, and then on the other side of the paper, you're listing the solutions, not only the solutions, but the action plan of how you're going to make that solution real. And once you've got that, you tear off the problems and you burn them. Sounds very very powerful, actually. Okay. It's the next thing you say is forgiveness. Do a lot of people have problems with forgiveness and they kind of hold on to things as a result of that? I think all, I think it's really human nature to do that, even from ourselves. Like we think, um, I come upon this a lot. Like people will tell me, oh my God, you know, I have made such mistakes with money. Uh, I, boy, if I, you know, if I invest in something, it's going to go south every time. Well, we have to forgive ourselves for our mistakes because the road to superiority, the road to winning is actually made up of a number of mistakes. I mean, I can't tell you how I, I, I'm, a, I'm a classical pianist. I can't tell you how bad it sounded when I first started playing piano. So we can't expect ourselves to be perfect. So forgiveness can be for ourselves and our past mistakes, particularly with regard to money. Because as long as we think of them as mistakes, we're not learning from them and we're not looking forward of how that pathway, that practice, that ability to overcome them leads to um, our actually winning in the future. And then you say uh, faith is next important. Why is faith a part of the process here? Well, faith in wisdom, and that's a big key of this part of faith because a lot of us have blind faith. So for instance... A lot of people will, I know, look, I know CEOs of billion-dollar companies who turn over the management of their money to other people without ever asking for any explanations of how it's going to be managed, quarterly reports. They wouldn't even buy a copier without you know, a, a due diligence process, but they turn over and they have blind faith in others with regard to the most important thing in our life, which is our future. So what I say when I say faith is wisdom-based faith. Have faith that once you get the facts, once you get the life math skills that we all should have received in high school but did not, and once you start taking ownership of your life, that you can succeed. And replace blind faith with faith and wisdom and right action. So it's really more than just faith. It's really let's get, let's get smart here. Let's, let's have faith when we get smart rather than having faith, blind faith in others, so actually we can blame them if something goes wrong. It's faith based on due diligence is what you're saying. I, even beyond that, it, due diligence is a piece of it, but um, a lot of us, all of us, 
We learn how fast trains go from Chicago to New York. We don't learn what the average annualized gains of real estate is over a 10 or a 30-year period or stocks or bonds. Or we don't even know when we're doing evaluation of companies or funds how many of those companies are carrying unsustainable debt. People didn't know that General Motors owed over $100 billion you know, right before it declared bankruptcy. They were surprised because it was one of the biggest advertisers on television. So there's a lot of publicly available information that's easy to access as anything else that we would need to evaluate the company that we're not even factoring in the mix. So what I'm saying is there's a, there's, there's a simpler way, but there's a lot of stuff that not even the most educated MBAs are looking at. And we all need to start looking at things differently. We live in a world that is fueled by a lot of paper money and is really um, underwater in debt. And if we don't start factoring that in, then we're going to be casualties. And then you, the last step on uh, day seven is what you call create, including the billionaire game. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So, uh, again, what we're trying to do here is to develop this wealth consciousness, this championship mentality. And what we realize is that like billionaires and royals, they know how to create and sustain and keep their wealth. A big piece of it is why does Mitt Romney and Warren Buffett, why do they pay less in taxes than we do? Instead of saying, uh, hey, that's unfair and hating them for it, why not create the same life where you pay less in taxes too? So we start thinking of ourselves as a creator of our life rather than a vi victim of life's circumstances. And again, part of all of those things that we're, we're, we're talking about in the first seven days including wisdom, right action, and all of those other things, they're leading up to this moment where we start to create our own life and create it with the habits of billionaires and royals rather than the habits that we are kind of born into, which is thrown out into life where everything is sold to us and before we know it, we're underwater in debt. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Uh, she's the author of several books. Her latest book is called The Gratitude Game, 21 Days to a Healthier, Wealthier, More Beautiful You. Uh, you can find out more about her at her website, which is nataliepace.com. We'll be back after this. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. It's a sad fact that fraud is rampant in today's business environment. The headlines scream about once prestigious organizations falling victim to or crumbling due to the consequences of fraud. How do you keep fraud from affecting you and your business? Tune in to Fraud Talk with host Chris Marquet. Chris has over 30 years of fraud investigation experience, business intelligence, and is a renowned security consultant. Chris and his guests will inform you and help keep you from being the next statistic of fraud. Tune in Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. 
Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Listen for exclusive clips from Oprah's upcoming Super Soul Sunday series on Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Then be sure to watch Oprah's Super Soul Sunday on OWN Network TV at 11 a.m. 10 Central every Sunday. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Uh, she is an author. She has a newsletter. She's done several books. She does seminars. Uh, the all-around financial person of the hour. Uh, welcome back to the show, Natalie. Of the hour. <laughs> well, at this hour, and then of all time, we'll say as well. How about that? <laughs> Why not? I'm a fan of hyperbole. <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit about the current uh, market situation, since you have some opinions on where things are going right now. So one of the most topical areas is oil, which has had this dramatic plunge from over $100 a barrel to below $50 um, over a pretty short period of time. It's causing all kinds of stress in the, in the world, and some people are profiting, some people are getting hurt. What is your sense of what's causing all this, and is oil going to stay down this, and how is the way to... Uh, invest based on this huge, uh, you know, changing uh, environment with oil? Well, first of all, I think that um, what a lot of people are not aware of is that there's an ISIS tie-in to this whole story. Like uh, the, the official story is, oh, we're going to try to, you know, reduce the impact of the U.S. oil companies by bankrupting them with the low oil prices. The fact of the matter is Saudi Arabia agreed to reduce the price of oil the day that we went in and struck Syria with our airstrikes. That is their way of being part of the coalition. That's their way of funding this war on terror is to make our prices of oil affordable because when we're doing airstrikes in the Middle East, we have to buy our oil from Saudi Arabia. That's one of our biggest costs of war. So we can almost directly tie how long will oil prices remain low to how long will we have an active airstrike campaign against ISIS. So that's one factor I think that people need to be very, very aware of. This is uh, highly correlated and it's, it's not being reported on. But that's when, when you start seeing us having to back off or feeling like we've really won that war, that's when you'll start seeing prices start to go up. It's very unlikely that we're going to see oil prices this low for an extended period of time forever because supply is too great. Unless everybody goes to Teslas and electric vehicles, which is probably not going to happen overnight. So that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing is people say, okay, now is now the time to invest in oil companies when they're nice and low. And my answer is you have to remember about earnings reports. So the prices plunge now, but they don't start showing up in the earnings reports for another three months. So there's usually a big lag time between the drop of a commodity price of any kind 
behind and when the companies themselves start to recover. So we could actually see the, even the, the price of the stocks go lower. Also, we're entering the seventh year of the current bull market. Recessions occur on every, average every five years. So that's another thing that could even drag those prices of stocks lower. So I would be very wary about buying in too soon on oil prices, um, on oil companies. Now, one of the big things you're, you've been an advocate of for a long time is alternative energy and, and green, particularly, and solar and biothermal and those kind of things. It, you'd think that lower oil prices would actually hurt those because it makes it harder to compete against much lower oil prices. It's, solar makes a lot more sense at $100 a barrel than at $50 a barrel. What is your outlook for uh, green energy and solar and all the things you've been a big advocate of for a long time? Well, that, you know, in a world where it's um, the, the energy policies are fueled by supply and demand, that would be the right argument. But the truth is the world of, um, of utilities and electricity is actually a policy mandate. And right now our policy mandate is really more renewables, at least under this administration, which is going to be the administration for another couple of years. So the solar uh, industry, in fact, is expecting that they're going to have a shortage of solar panels. So I'm, I'm pretty still bullish. Also, the clean energy ETFs are trading at their 52-week low. So I'm pretty bullish on it. Um, I think it's one of the areas that's pretty good. The other area are the clean energy utilities companies. And there's one in particular that's trading at its 52-week low. A lot of them, like um, National Grid, they're trading at their 52-week highs. But there's another one called um, with a symbol NRG, and it's actually trading at its 52-week low. And that one is investing heavily in renewables. And they tend to get first in line for the ability to increase their prices. The other thing, too, that I think a lot of Americans should be more aware of is that there are 17 nuclear power companies in the United States that are currently decommissioning. And those utilities that are tied to that decommissioning process are the ones that are the most vulnerable. Their debt is the highest. And they could, and that many of them are also trading at their 52-week highs. So those are the ones that I think are the most vulnerable to share price losses. And um, I do have articles on this. So if you would like the list of clean utilities versus nuclear that I think is, uh, you know, thermonuclear for your uh, investment portfolio, just contact our office. You can call 310-430-2397 and ask for that article link. In addition to the, the utility you mentioned, NRG, are there some pure play green stocks, solar and other kinds of stocks that you do like, even though they might be at very low prices now? You know, I always like SunPower because it's uh, one of the highest efficiency companies and it's an American company. It's, it's tough because they keep going through these tariff wars, uh, both in Europe, the U.S. and China. China can always make the products the cheapest. Uh, America usually makes the best, but of course our manufacturing costs more than other places. And then Europe, you know, is just getting killed. So they just try to put tariffs on things. So because this is a policy thing, it's very, very difficult to invest in individual companies because they could get targeted by one of these governments that say, okay, we're just going to raise our tariffs and we won't buy their panels anymore. So I think the safest play for most investors is actually the ETF. And what is the symbol for that ETF? What is the actual ETF you're talking about? I like the PowerShares Wilder Hill Clean Energy Portfolio, and that one is PBW. Now, my understanding is that the uh, solar credits are going to be phased out over the next two years. I think it's 30% now, then it goes to 10%, and then it goes to zero. So wouldn't that be a major impediment to these solar companies if they don't have that energy credit anymore? 
Um, that's all. That's more a major impediment to so, uh, companies like Solar City than it is to the solar panel panel manufacturers. Because in truth, it's not the rooftop solar that's fueling this industry. It really is the grid solar, and most of the grid solar is again more of a policy mandate. So, um, yeah, yes and no. I and let's talk just a moment about that. Um, the the sad thing is that rooftop solar was one of the best investments that any homeowner could make because our electric prices are increasing in value. So you could, you know, buy the panels, you could take the tax credit, you could take your energy bill down to zero. Um, it was amazing. But a lot of states now like Hawaii, Colorado, other states are trying to do this. They're actually charging um, homeowners for connecting to the grid. So this is something now that's become more regional and you have to check with your local um, utility company to make sure it's the best investment. I love the idea that you could just put rooftop solar, connect to the grid, and take your electric bill to zero. For fixed income people that are getting zero on their savings, this was a great idea. But And it still is if you can do it and definitely take advantage of the tax credits before they expire in 2016. So to sum up, you're uh, still very cautious on oil stocks. You think they're low, but they could go lower when the earnings come out. And you think that the uh, solar energy and the green energy have gone down a lot and they're probably good bargains right now. Is that kind of summarizing where you are on those two? Yeah, and particularly the green ener the clean energy ETF PBW and the clean utility uh, NRG. Again, I like National Grid, which is another very clean um, energy utility, but I think that it might be – it's a lot more pricey than the NRG one. Now, you also re refer to people's what they call the safe side of their portfolio. These are the – People are getting zero, basically, on CDs and money funds today. So what do you recommend for people who have to keep their money safe and liquid but don't want to earn nothing these days? Well, one thing I would say is that a lot of people, because they don't want to earn nothing, are trying to reach for yield, and they're taking on far more risk than they realize. So one thing I would say is let's rephrase it. Rather than saying my safe side of my portfolio is earning nothing, call the safe side of your portfolio capital preservation. So don't think, don't expect, oh, well, I'm going to take on so much risk for a 6% CD or a six, I mean, it's not a CD, it's a high yield CD or a high yield bond or a 30 year uh, Ford bond, because I think Ford's never going to go out of business. Businesses stay in business, but restructure their debt. We've seen that over and over and over again. So think of it as capital preservation, because if your portfolio goes down by half, it takes twice as long to come back to even. So people that lost half in the Great Recession, rather than doubling their money or like NASDAQ has almost tripled, instead of doubling or tripling your money over the last six years, you've crawled back to even. So remember that that's the most important thing. The other thing is you could start thinking of safe, hard assets that provide income. So a lot of people are finding that they could actually maybe even downsize. Let's say you lived in a McMansion and now your kids are gone. Why not rent that out instead of selling it? Or think about selling it and buying income property where you live in maybe the best unit of a six unit or a quadruplex and rent out everything else. In a lot of states, not all, because the real estate has come back in terms of prices, so you really have to know your region. But in a lot of states, you can still buy something and rent it out, cover all your expenses, and get a far better yield with far less risk than you can in any bond today. Very good. Uh, another area you've uh, written about a lot is gold. Uh, gold fell dramatically from 1900 down to about 1100 uh, Lately, it's actually been coming back a bit. What is your outlook for gold, and is the best way to play it 
ETF like a GLD or individual gold mining shares? I like ETFs, but not GLD. I like the gold mining ETFs. So when you think of gold and you think of it dropping from, you know, almost 1900 down to where it is today, that's only a 30, 35% drop. The gold mining stocks have dropped 75% or lower. They're trading at five-year lows. So when I think of uh, anything, I think of, first of all, like if gold comes roaring back, who's going to benefit? Of course, it's going to be the gold mining companies. And if they are trading at an 80% discount as opposed to a 30% discount, which one has the more capital upside? So when we think of companies like McEwen Mining, you know, that company has hit almost $10 a share twice over the last six-year period. So when you can think of buying it at a buck, that makes pretty good sense. Now, of course, you're taking on far more risk, but you want to do your due diligence on any time you're going to take on the risk of an individual company. I happen to like McEwen Mining because Rob McEwen was a guy who took a $50 million company to over $8 billion in Gold Corp. He's over 20 years veteran in the business, and I believe in him as the leader of the company. So I, I, that's why I'm so pro McEwen Mining. Um, what is the symbol for McEwen? It's M-U-X. And you can get you can get a play on you know other gold mining stocks through uh, you know there's a couple of ETFs there's Ring on the iShares uh, there's PSAU on PowerShares so you can get exposure to gold mining companies they may not have McEwen in there um, and again if you're taking on higher risk by going with the individual companies so measure that risk don't go all in and don't you know bet the farm. I mean, I, another way to do it would be GDX, I guess, and then there's GDXJ, which is the junior mining one. Do you like those as well? Yeah, I like it, and they, uh, but they kind of go in and out with MUX. Like right now, I think they're very light on it. Other times, they might have up to 20% of it. So um, it's, it's a little more difficult with that particular one if you want MUX. Um, but it is the junior gold miners. I would be worried, a little more worried about the junior gold miners right now as a sector because those are the ones that are going to be the most vulnerable to this crunch. We're going to actually have um, reduced supply in gold because this is really taking out some of the gold mining companies. And the, the most vulnerable are going to be the junior gold miners. I want the best one of the junior gold miners, and I think that's McEwen because he's the kind of guy with deep pockets who can actually go in and buy on the cheap when those guys start going belly up. Yeah, no, there has been a lot of distress on the juniors because they're a lot of leverage, and with gold down, they're not going to survive. You're right. They're not going to survive. So be careful of that one. All right, we're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. Uh, my guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Her website is nataliepace.com. Uh, she's done several books, most recent called The Gratitude Game. She's done another book called The ABCs of Money, which you can get on Amazon.com. And you can see we're talking about all kinds of stocks and investments. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? 
Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Listen for exclusive clips from Oprah's upcoming Super Soul Sunday series on Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Then be sure to watch Oprah's Super Soul Sunday on OWN Network TV at 11 a.m. 10 Central every Sunday. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Uh, She's the author of several books, her most recent one being The Gratitude Game. She's also written a book called The ABCs of Money, which you can get on Amazon.com. And Natalie, you actually have a uh, retreat coming up. Tell us a little bit about the retreat and how people can find out more about that. Yeah, the retreat is three days in a boardroom setting, kind of hands-on by me. And you can walk in without a clue or with a cracked nest egg or just wanting to protect your assets. And you can walk out with a plan that's ready to go immediately and works for the rest of your life. So what I want to tell people is buy and hold doesn't work in today's world. We've had the last two recessions were really more like depressions. NASDAQ lost 75%. The Great Recession lost 55%. This is very different than the recessions of past. So if you're just riding this Wall Street roller coaster and you know that we're high right now and we're seven years going into our seventh year of this bull market and you're worried about your assets, your best next move is to join me in Cocoa Beach Valentine's Day. You can get the information on nataliepace.com or you can call our offices at 310-430-2397. I can guarantee you that this is definitely your best move. It's life transforming. It's, um, you need modern portfolio theory. You need diversification. You need to know how to avoid the bailouts. You need to know how to add in the hots and how to annually rebalance. It's easy as a pie chart. That's what we do there, and that's what you need. And if people mention money answers, they get a little bit of a discount. Is that right? Absolutely. We'll definitely give them the Jordan Goodman uh, extraordinary discount. Very good. Okay, so that's, um, again, February 14th to 16th in Cocoa Beach, Florida. And again, you can call 310-430-2397 to find out more about uh, Natalie's Valentine Investors Edu Retreat, as she calls it. (laughs) All right, you talked about the HOTS. So let's, every year you have certain stocks that you think are going to be hot. Before we do it in 2015, tell me about what happened to some of your HOTS for 2014. 
You know, they've been doing uh, very well. And the ones that haven't been doing very well, again, we, we re-highlight them. So, for instance, we talk about McEwen. This is a company, again, that's been one of my top performers. In 2009, it had 19 times gains. It went from $0.50 cents to $10. So we have to remember that these kind of companies that have these volatile swings, when they go down, that may be a buying opportunity. Now, that's part of the process of learning how to be an investor is that sometimes people will buy something and it goes down in value and they want to sell it. And it's like, look, that's buying uh, high and selling low. We really have to learn that if we really have picked something that we think is a fantastic company and the market disagrees with us in the short term, it may be a buying opportunity because great companies will rise again. Uh, if, it, if we're wrong, if we haven't picked a great company, then we're in trouble. Now, a couple of our other great picks, and um, I still love them, but you have to be a little bit more concerned about the price. Gilead, which I love, love, love. They found the cure for hep C. Uh, they've been doing very well for us and are already up 35%. But the markets themselves can drag these, um, these companies down. So we are hitting a very important earnings report on Friday. It's predicted to be pretty weak. It might even be half the speed of the third quarter. So if that happens, it could pull great companies even like Gilead or NRG or even, uh, well, McEwen probably can't go too much lower. But another one which we love, which is a, a company that makes the cameras for cops, and that's Taser International. And by the way, that's another one like McEwen that has been one of our top performers in the past. It's extremely volatile, but it's a great company. And this company is coming back into favor because police departments are under a lot of pressure to start putting ca uh, cops uh, cameras on all of their police officers. So, okay, so those are some of your big picks from 2014, Gilead, Taser, MUX, is that correct? Yeah, and going forward, I would still love them, but I want you to buy them at, more at the price that we featured them. So they've already, both of these have already taken a little bit of a pop. And so have there been some new additions uh, to the hot list for 2015? Uh, the one that we had already was more the clean utilities now, so the NRG. And we did re-highlight MUX on our thing and, and all of the gold ETFs. So uh, I would say, you know, keep posted, uh, come to the retreat, buy the book, stay plugged in. We do, by the way, I do do monthly teleconferences as part of our subscription. Um, but I don't want to overwhelm your listeners with, okay, do this, do that, do this. I think your best move is let's make sure that your nest egg is set up properly because this year is going to be a... Uh, a test of the markets. Europe is faltering. It's, you know, it's trying to use QE to avoid a recession. The Greek elections are going to make that even more pro uh, problematic for the EU. They are one of our biggest customers. That's a problem for us as well. China's growth is slowing down. That's a problem for the U.S. as well. So, um, and we have been fueling our own recovery with a lot of government spending. And that's one of the reasons why the fourth quarter is not going to be as robust as the last few quarters have been because we had to pull back on that. What is your sense of interest rates? Because we've had the quantitative easing stop at the end of October. It was going for about six years. That has now stopped. So the Fed is not artificially keeping rates lower anymore. Is your sense that interest rates, which are extremely low right now, are going to start rising or stay where they are? Uh, my, my sense is that they will stay where they are and they could stay where they are for a great deal of years going forward. My bigger concern is not interest rate risk, it is credit risk. So there is 
absolutely no correlation between central bank policy and the real world. So what you're seeing out there, both in terms of sovereigns as well as corporations, is that they have to borrow money based on their credit risk. It doesn't matter that interest rates here are zero or below zero or in, in Europe. If Greece is going to spend more money than they can you know, fund themselves, then they are going to have to borrow, um, borrow money at very high interest rates. That goes for Ford. That goes for General Electric. It goes for every single entity out there. In terms of the U.S., we own most of our own debt, and we're rolling over. So even though we've stopped quantitative easing, we haven't stopped rolling it over. So we continue to have uh, long-term debt, and we continue to own it ourselves. So I don't think the interest rate risk is going to be an issue. And that means that, um, again, the fixed income people have to start thinking of where they're going to get that yield in other places. Because if you think you can do it in bonds, you may be taking on more credit risk than you know. And that escalates super fast if something is really at a high credit risk. Because even high, high credit risk can borrow at 6 or 7% right now. And you may think it's not as high of a risk as it really is. So in the credit risk area, one area people have been worried about lately is uh, oil and energy related because a lot of companies borrowed to do drilling, expecting oil to be $80, $90, $100 a barrel and it below 50 they're, they're worried about some of those loans going bad. Uh, what other areas of credit risk are you concerned about where you may see some defaults or at least uh, downgrades? Well, look, a lot of these companies already are below investment grade and people don't even know it or just a, a notch above it. So in general, if a company was founded before 1980, and particularly if they have unions, they are a higher credit risk because they're carrying pension debt, they're carrying other post-employment benefit debt. Um, so there's a lot of that out there. There's, in fact, municipalities you have to worry about because people are taking on those muni um, bonds because they think they're getting the, the tax breaks, but you're taking on this high credit risk. So I think everybody needs to do a forensic evaluation of their bond portfolio, and they need to understand just what the credit scores currently are of the entities that they have uh, borrowed money on. And the best bet that they might have might be selling to somebody else right now who still thinks that they're a good deal. Do you think that a mutual fund, <clears throat> which has a diversified portfolio, say you did a high-yield mutual fund, may have some things that go bad, but mostly they've got credit analysts and they're going to avoid most of the credit risks, or, or does that not even help you? I'm not a huge fan of uh, any bond funds right now. And I think that in your bond portfolio, if you're going to own individual bonds, that you need to keep the, short, the terms short and the credit worthiness very high. So I think everybody should be doing a forensic evaluation of their bonds. They should be avoiding bond funds. And they should be rethinking that safe side of their portfolio as either capital preservation and happy to earn zero so they don't lose, or because what's the difference between zero and six if you're taking on a very high likelihood that your your bond is going to go down in value in the next ten years? Um, so I think you should be rethinking it. Do you think a bigger risk going forward uh, for the medium term is inflation or deflation? I think deflation, but we all we have we have both. That's the crazy thing. I mean, we've already seen extraordinary inflation in housing, in transportation, in electric bills, in everything that is the mo in insurance, in healthcare. 
we have extraordinary inflation. In other areas, we see deflation, mostly in retail. So we have both actually going on right now. And the reason that we don't really know about it is that they kind of offset one another or because they become the new normal. I mean, when did $100 a barrel oil become the new normal so that $50 a barrel oil is alarmingly low? Yeah, it's a very unusual environment we have right now, yes. really. Yes, so we have both. But because we have both, and because they kind of offset one another in a certain way in terms of the numbers, we don't realize it as much as we really should. Well, I mean, what's going on in Europe seems to be very deflationary. And what you saw with the Swiss franc recently soaring in value because people are pouring money in, even at negative interest rates, people are more worried about safety than they are returning their money. And that's why you're seeing these dramatic changes in currency value. So that's happening at the same time the Greeks interest rates are rising because people are worried they're going to default in their debts, basically. Well, actually, the Swiss franc thing, which is very interesting, that soared because they decoupled from the euro. So again, what people don't realize is that this whole world, the whole developed world right now is one big public policy. And the minute the public policy changes, it's dramatic in your portfolio. I mean, when we think about the Great Recession and 55% losses in 18 months, or the same thing with... You know, the dot-com recession, 75% losses within two years. These kind of things, nothing, it doesn't, no one is prepared for that. And that is the new normal because it's all being driven right now by public policy. Every country is carrying a lot of debt and using paper money to fuel their way out of the recovery. Now, it can happen. We had this kind of high levels of debt post-World War II, and we were able to cycle out of it. The U.S. was able to cycle out of it. The developed world was able to cycle out of it. So I wouldn't say go out and buy you know, guns, gold, and um, ammunition, but what I would say is you have to realize that um, both things are occurring. We're in deep trouble, and it's possible we can cycle out of it. So on one hand, you have to protect yourself, and on the other hand, you can't have just the apocalypse portfolio because if you had that over the last two years, you're really getting killed right now with oil being down and gold being down. That's right. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Her website's nataliepace.com. She's done several books. Her latest one is called The Gratitude Game, 21 Days to a Healthier, Wealthier, More Beautiful You. She's also done the ABCs of Money, and she has an upcoming seminar on uh, February 14th to 16th in Cocoa Beach, Florida, which you can find out more about at 310-430-2397. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? 
Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What does conscious leadership mean to you? It unites organizations instead of dividing them. By exploring commonly based business challenges, it guarantees an increase in your bottom line. Tune in to Minding Our Business, Creating a Spiritual Economy with your host, Nadine Rogers. Each week, we'll hear from business leaders and learn from their strategies. We'll talk about personal and organizational best practices that you can learn from, and we'll hear from you. Minding Our Business airs live Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Back to The Money Answer Show. Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Uh, she is an investment guru. She's got a newsletter. She's done several books, the most recent one being The Gratitude Game. She did a book called The ABCs of Money. Uh, she has a, new, a, a seminar series, all kinds of interesting things from Natalie. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thank you. We've had these very dramatic uh, moves in the foreign currency market recently, uh, particularly when Switzerland, which had been trying to keep its franc at a reasonable level against the euro, basically gave up putting its fingers in the dike as it let it go, and it yeah. went up about 30% instantly and caused a lot of trouble in the foreign currency market. And the Chinese, the Greeks, and just all these dramatic things going on in foreign currency. What What is the uh, impact of all that on, on uh, our lives these days? Well, I think what's really interesting about this is that these firms, and by the way, within a week, a number of Forex trading firms went belly up. Within a week, it was unbelievable. I mean, we have, you know, just an extraordinary, and one was, you know, emergency bailout, but there's just... You know, we still don't know for sure if it's going to stay in business. So we had Alpari, we had Excel, we had XF, uh, FXCM. So what, what I think is really important for people to understand about this is that these firms have been very aggressive selling uh, individuals into this platform saying it was low risk and they could, you know, margin their money and, uh, you know, very low amount of money could create these volumes of things. And they're really not telling people, and this was in the fine print, up to 95% of traders are losing most, if not all, of their investments on these platforms. So um, this is not being disclosed. That's what happened here is that mo the sad thing is that these big firms went belly up. Why did they go belly up? Because their individual investors went belly up. So they, they were margining their uh, investments. And all of a sudden, when this move came, they, they are not able to pay back these margin loans. And that is also really rampant in options trading, which is where a number of the online discount brokerages are getting their biggest revenue right now. 
So they're very aggressive about promoting these platforms. They're very um, underplaying the risk that's going on. They're encouraging people to take on margin loans that they may not be able to repay. And so you're saying stay away, basically. You should not do, the average investor should not do foreign exchange trading and, or options trading as well? Or options trading. Look what I tell my, uh, my, my subscribers. The guy that wrote the book on options, a Nobel Prize winning economist, had one of the biggest bailouts in American history before our banks were bailed out. And his uh, latest hedge fund had to restructure. So if the guy who wrote the book on it has trouble with it, imagine what you're going to have. What are some other areas you think? You talked a little bit about the nuclear ones that are decommissioning and having trouble there. But what are some other areas that are popular that you think could turn south that there's a lot of risk in right now? Well, honestly, I think the entire marketplace is running at risk because of this seven years into the bull market, uh, because we have uh, recessions on average every five years, and because of all of the problems in the world. So, yes, we could have uh, this year is going to continue to be very volatile. But I think this could be a year where gold, and this is the interesting thing, is that gold has an inverse relationship with Wall Street. So when the Dow goes down, gold tends to go up. Gold is in the toilet. Dow is at an all-time high. We're entering the seventh year of the bull market. I think that most of your funds are vulnerable. So right now, what I've done is I've, you know, you're supposed to keep a percent equal to your age safe. I've overweighted another 20% safe. And of those, um, the, the leftover, <clears throat> four of my slices, I like 10 slices to diversify, four of my slices, two are gold, one is clean utilities because the utility sector tends to fare better in recessions. And um, I, I actually would like probably three hots of gold. Wow. <laughs> and then some of the healthcare you were saying as well. I like biotech. The problem with them is that they tend to be a bit overpriced right now. So, I mean, biotech, I think, will continue to do well because, you know, hey, now we've got universal coverage and everybody wants to go there. Um, I, oh, you know what? I did, add, I did add the clean energy because it's been so oversold and because it's a policy mandate. And um, I do think this time that we're going to continue the policy mandate. Very good. Okay. Now, in your uh, ABCs of Money book, you talk a lot about getting out of debt is one of your big things. What are some of the biggest moves people can make to get out of the debt burden that they've got? In addition to what we talked about at the beginning, the gratitude, kind of the psychological stuff, what are some practical moves people can make to get out of mortgage debt and credit card debt and student debt and all the debts that are burdening them these days? Well, the interesting thing here is that, you know, like if you go to a traditional financial literacy website, many of which are, are promoted by the banks and the credit card companies, what they will tell you is, hey, limit your debt repayment to 20% of your income. Does that sound sustainable? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Like the real truth of the matter is no matter where you are, the most important thing is to pay yourself first in a tax-protected financial predator-proof retirement account. The reason is that a lot of people are saying, okay, I'm going to start saving and investing after I pay off my debt. And yes, that does make sense. But the problem with that idea, first of all, you're not compounding your gains. Second of all, you're not increasing your assets. And thirdly, the retirement accounts are where that's your lifeboat. It doesn't matter how much debt you're in. They cannot attach your retirement accounts. That's how you know people like O.J. Simpson were able to live this luxurious lifestyle before he got arrested again, um, even when they owed thirty-three million in debt. So what you need to understand is that no debt collector is going to take up a collection to provide for you if you lose your job or if you get sick. 
So your first thing that you have to do is to pay yourself first in a tax-protected financial predator-proof retirement plan. Then you have to adopt a Thrive budget. So in other words, what got you into debt was that you had an unsustainable lifestyle. Yes, you have to think creatively about how to get out of that. But there are many ways that you're not even thinking about that might do that without any change in lifestyle. Now, if you're willing to change your lifestyle, you can do it much faster. But let's say this. Let's say that you're an entrepreneur and you're paying through the nose for health insurance, but you're super healthy and you never go to the doctor. Why not get a high deductible with a health savings account, which is actually another retirement account, and take the tax credit Stop making the insurance company rich and start helping yourself a little bit more. Is there a way that you can either move closer to work or ride a bike to work? That's going to be a huge savings for you. Um, is there a way that you can maybe even downsize your housing? Uh, you know, Do you want to really overspend on housing and never be able to take a vacation and keep paying down your debt? Or would you like to have maybe a less luxurious house that you um, can afford better and will give you a little more room in your budget for the things that will make life more fun. So <clears throat> the Thrive Budget will help you to do this. And that's a, a section, an entire section of the ABCs of money, as is debt. So go check those out because the conventional wisdom that you're getting out there in the mainstream media is promoted by the very people who profit from yes. you paying down debt first. Very good. Lots of great ideas there. Well, my guest this hour has been Natalie Pace. Uh, she was just telling you about some of the content in her book, uh, The ABCs of Money, which you can get at Amazon.com. Her other new book is called The Gratitude Game, 21 Days to a Healthier, Wealthier, More Beautiful You. She also has a retreat coming up in Cocoa Beach, Florida, February 14th to 16th, and you can call her to find out more about that at 310-430-2397. It's been a pleasure to have you on The Money Answer Show, Natalie. Thanks so much, Jordan. Thanks again, and we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.